Good morning. Good morning. There, thank you so much. I needed that. Um, my name is Chris. Um, I serve in the youth ministry here, and uh, I love doing it. Um, you know, I'm the youngest one in this series, and so by default, I got slotted to preach on relevance. And so if you're thinking, why is this guy preaching on relevance? Like, is he the best person? Like, this is just simply the best we could do, okay? And so we're, we're trying our best. Um, you, you know, as, as Christians, as the church, uh, we have a very strange relationship with the world. I grew up going to a really conservative church, and they told me at a young age, hey, don't, don't watch Pokemon, um, uh, you shouldn't watch Harry Potter, rap music is, is bad, because the world is this kind of dark and evil place, and so just stay, stay in here with the Christians, in this Christian bubble, and oh, are you going to go out? Well, who are you hanging out with? Oh, church friends? Oh, well, that, that's okay, I will allow it. But any other group of friends, well, it's, you know, we're called to be set apart to Christ and set apart from the world, and so just be careful. That was kind of the messaging I got. And, and I grew up in that community, and, and maybe you could relate yourselves, or maybe you know people very similar uh, to, to that upbringing, but the problem with that is, when we do that, when we isolate ourselves from the world, the issue is we become so disconnected that when we begin to talk to people that didn't grow up in the church or people that aren't Christian, they're like, um, are you living under a rock? Like, do you know what's happening out here in the world? Do you see these things? And so when we isolate ourselves from the world, the problem is we're not relevant to them. So in response, on the flip side, some Christians swung to the other side, and they started thinking and, and, and saying things like, well, you know what? I'm not one of those regular Christians. I'm a cool Christian. I, I don't know if anyone caught that reference. But it's, it's the idea of, hey, I can love Jesus and wear edgy clothes and listen to this kind of music and get piercings and even tattoos. What? Like, that's what we can do. And so it's the idea of, okay, well, you know, we can do some of these things. We can relate because, hey, there's good things in the world too, of course. But the danger is being too relevant, actually, it can backfire. I have a news clip. I don't know if anyone has seen this, but this is one of my favorite clips of the year. This is where being too relevant actually goes wrong. Can we take a look together? Lay all day. Yeet. Stay woke, beyond fleek, and get that Gucci breakfast. Goals. Say bye, Felicia, to that testing stress. Weather's going to be turnt, right, Chris? Yes. Toledo weather going to be the lit during testing week. A hundo P chance of success. You've got this, kids. Steve, how about that traffic? Are we looking oh, better than oh, we're talking turn FOMO won't be an issue. No traffic problems around any TPS schools to keep you from taking those tests. So get a good night's sleep. Do your best. In fact, be extra extra. We here at WTOL are V proud of you. Good, good luck, luck on, on your test, test TPS, TPS students. Okay. There have been a lot of, you know, dark things happening this year, but this really brought me a lot of joy seeing this. And this is what happens when we as Christians try to be relevant at times. This is what it could look like, okay? And, and it's not just copying vocabulary or copying the way that people dress or, or what they listen to. What happens is when Christians try to 
be super relevant, there starts to be imitation even deeper. And so not only is it words or uh, appearance, but it can be deeper things like identity, values, goals, and those things can shift. And sadly for some Christians, in their pursuit of being relevant, they've actually compromised their faith altogether. So the question for us this morning, the question I want to try to address is, what should our relationship with the world look like? Or let me rephrase it like this. Does relevance matter to us as Christians, as followers of Jesus? Does it matter? And how much should it matter? Should we really try, should we just isolate ourselves and just, uh, just stick together? Or should we just go out and just imitate everything? Or maybe there's a happy medium. Maybe there's a third path that we can walk down. And this is what we're going to be looking at today. How much does relevance actually matter for us as believers? How much should it matter? And of course, we're going to dive into God's word because his word is much more important than what I think and what people think are our opinions or preferences. But before we dive into the word, I do want to clearly define what relevance is because I think for a lot of us, when we think of relevance, our minds can quickly go to the next generation or the younger generation. Oh, they're just trying to be relevant. Let me first try to define it. Relevance, being relevant, it means to matter to matter. That's as simply as I can put it, to matter. So for example, when we listen to people talk and they go on and on and we choose in that moment, you know what? I'm going to tune this person out. I think a huge reason why that happens, and hopefully it's not happening now, especially for those of you watching at home. I don't know what camera is on, but hopefully none of you at home. Why do we do that? Why do we tune people out? I think a major reason is we're thinking in our mind, this is not connected to me. Whatever you're talking about here, it has nothing to do with me. It doesn't relate to me. You don't understand where I'm coming from. What we conclude oftentimes is it's not relevant. It doesn't matter. But relevance, it shows up in a lot of different ways. See, relevance is relative, meaning depending on the ideas and beliefs of a particular social circle, you're relevant or you're not. And so it differs from group to group, and and it, it looks absolutely different. So for example, for some people to be relevant, it means what you wear, it means where you get into, maybe your relationship status. For other people to matter, to be accepted, to be successful, and I think we use those as synonyms, to be relevant in those other circles, it might be what position or title you hold, your social network, your net worth, um, your square footage. Maybe it's how gifted or talented you are or how beautiful and clean your, your family looks. So to be relevant, it looks different across the board. For example, for a teenager to be relevant, it'll look very different than someone who's in their 40s to be relevant, even if they're both striving after the same thing. They both want to matter in their social circles. That being said, now that we've defined relevance and understand just how different it could look, let's turn to scripture. Because if relevance is dependent on different social circles, their opinions, their beliefs, their values, then I think a great place for us to turn is actually to a letter that Paul wrote, the first letter to a church in Corinth. 
I think it's particularly helpful because Corinth, this city, it's a port city. And so a lot of different kinds of people come through, a lot of different uh, uh, cultures, a, a lot of different types of people are, are, are there. And so there's all these different opinions, values, and beliefs. And Paul is trying to help people sort through all of this. And so people are actually having conflict. They're going to the church and they're asking very practical questions, things like, what leader should I follow? Uh, does... Should my identity be tied to my race? Uh, uh, what should I eat? What should I wear? What does sexuality look like? These are some huge questions. And they're almost trying to actually corner Paul. And they're saying to him, well, do you side with this culture or that culture? Pick a side. What should we do? And Paul, he doesn't fall for the trap. He says, you know what? Let me explain to you what matters most. And I think he sums it up very well in the verse we're going to be looking at today. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 31. And for a lot of us, this might be our life verse. Uh, it might be on our towels or our coffee cups or bumper stickers or uh, Instagram profile, whatever it is. Uh, this is one of those big verses that maybe a handful of us know and are familiar with. To sum everything up, this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Paul says, there are some social groups that really care about what you eat or drink. There are other groups that really care about what you do, how you behave, and how you act. But Paul is saying, he's looking at the two sides and he says, I'll tell you what's most important. Not what other people think, not even what you think, but God. What matters most is that we glorify God. This is something that he kind of starts out with, and he just kind of lays down as a great guide for us as we think about relevance. What really matters? It's to glorify God. And for a lot of us who've maybe grown up in the church, or even if we're brand new to the church and we're just tuning in and giving it a shot, this is something that a lot of Christians pray. We want to glorify you, God. We, we do it in our, our worship. We, we sing that all the time. It, it's, it's very familiar terminology. But still, some of us might be wondering, okay, so what does it actually look like for me to glorify God? Like, like what, what, what do I imagine? And I remember asking that to our, our youth students oftentimes. Like, all right, um, so what does that look like for you to glorify God as you eat food, right? And they're only thinking about uh, worship music. And they're like, for me to glorify God as I eat? Mm, I don't know, like, play worship music in the background, and, and then I'm, it's, I'm glorifying God then, right? And, and oh, kind of, not, not necessarily. See, glorifying God, I think a great way to put it, um, a simple way for me to understand, John Piper, he says this, we glorify God by enjoying him, by enjoying him, by enjoying who he is. And so just because we come to a church service, just because we watch it online, just because we read or pray or sing and serve, that doesn't necessarily mean we're glorifying God because I stand in the back of those youth services, I look over their shoulders and see them on their phones and some of us are feeling guilty right now, I'm sorry, not, I'm not trying to do that, but I'm saying we can outwardly do these things that look like we're glorifying God, but our hearts are far away, are really far away from him. And so what does it actually mean to glorify God? And John Piper clarifies it by saying, by enjoying him. What is that? What does that mean to enjoy God? 
Uh, there is this really old movie that every pastor has quoted uh, since for decades, I think, and I'm going to be another really basic pastor and quote it, but I think it's really helpful for us to understand. In The Chariots of Fire, an Olympic runner, Eric Liddell, this is what he says about running. He says this, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me run fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. That's what he says. That's a really old reference. Uh, I'm going to jump now to like 2020 and uh, quote now, one of my favorite artists, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put myself out there, okay? Justin Bieber, he sings in his new song about marriage, love, and faith. This is what he sings in his song. I'm not going to sing it. Don't worry. He says, the way you hold me feels so holy. What are these two people saying? What are these two groups saying? They're saying this. If I run, if I'm married, I can enjoy God because I know he's the giver of these good gifts. Or, let me flip it, if I'm sitting or if I'm single, I can enjoy those good gifts from God. Whatever I experience, whatever my relationships are, theologians say I can trace everything back to the hand of God because he's the good father who gives good gifts. And so we can enjoy and delight in things, knowing and being grateful in our heart, being thankful to God by enjoying him. He gave us these good things that we do enjoy. And that's how we glorify him. See, at this point, it sounds like Paul is saying, hey, it's okay, you're free. You can do what you want. As long as you enjoy God, as long as you, you just glorify him, it's, it's okay, right? Well, he continues, and he's going to clarify this a little bit by giving us some parameters to think about uh, some of these things. Uh, look with me in the next two verses. First, First Corinthians 10, 32 and 33, it says this. Give no offense to Jews or Greeks or to the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. Paul is saying here, I'm free. We can do everything. We can eat and drink and do everything for the glory of God. And so he's saying, yeah, it, it's all permissible. I'm free in Christ. We're free in Christ. But at the same time, he says, but... If it's going to stop someone else from worshiping God and glorifying him, if it's going to stop someone else and be a barrier for them to come to faith in Christ, then I will stop whatever that thing is. I will stop that hobby. I will stop that relationship I because I don't want to create any stumbling blocks. I'll stop myself, even though I'm free, if it's going to harm or cause someone to stumble. And on the flip side, this is how much Paul cares about the gospel and God's glory. He, in uh, the previous chapter, not only does he say here that I'll stop whatever, whatever I do if it's going to help someone else enjoy and worship God, he also says in the previous chapter, I will stop at nothing. I will do everything I can to advance the gospel. Look with me in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 19 to 23. He puts it like this. It's a little bit longer, okay, and so hang in there with me. This is a really, like, we could take the exit route or we could stay on, okay, and so please stay with me. 1 Corinthians 9, 19. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. 
to those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I become weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Paul is saying here, he understands and knows the culture of different social groups and social circles, and so he's saying, so I'm going to become, I'm going to become like them. Not for him, not for personal gain, not for him to be accepted, not for him to, to be successful or for him to matter more or climb the ranks. He's saying, no, 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 I'm going to become like them, not for personal gain. It's not for me. It's for the sake of the gospel. So I can build bridges from, for them to get to Jesus. This is what Paul is saying. I'm going to do my best to do this. And as I was trying to understand this, I was like, man, what does this look like? And one commentator, Gordon Fee, he actually puts it like this, uh, getting really practical because I'm a visual learner. I need to like imagine stuff. And so this is what Gordon Fee says. He says, so Paul, with one group of people, he ate kosher. And then with another group of people, he was non-kosher. And then this commentator actually wrote, he did this because none of these things actually mattered to God. That's what he wrote. I'm the judgmental type. I'm like a Pharisee by nature growing up. We've got some other Pharisees in the house. Okay, I don't know. But uh, that's how I am. If I saw Paul, the apostle, eating breakfast with a group of Jewish people, and he was like acting like, oh yeah, kosher. Of course, we separate everything. And then for lunch, I like followed him and, and looked through the window, saw him eating with people. And he's like, it's all good. Just whatever. It's, it's okay. I would have been like, what? What's wrong with this guy? What is this guy? Who is he? Like, what does he actually stand for, right? Does he just blow back and forth like the wind? What is this guy doing? And the commentator, he actually continues this thought, and he says this. He says, on the outside, it would appear like Paul is a man without principle, a man without allegiance. But then the commentator says, but that is because he has a higher allegiance to Jesus Christ. That's what it says. Paul says, I don't care. With this group of people, I'm going to do this if it's going to build bridges for them to know Jesus. With this group of people, I'm going to change myself altogether so that they can know Jesus. It doesn't matter. And you guys could judge me all you want. You can throw the judgment on me, but it doesn't matter because I just want people to know Jesus. I just follow him. I'll do whatever it takes for them to know. I'll do anything. See, in the next verse, 1 Corinthians 11.1, the beginning of that next chapter, Paul says, I imitate Christ. That's who I choose to follow. He's my example. And and what did Jesus do? Jesus, he took on flesh. He became like us. Why? To reach us. To reach us. That's what Jesus did. Think about Jesus' life. Think about his ministry. All the fame, all the crowds. He was the talk of the town. No one was more famous than Jesus in that time. And then, towards the end of his life, what did it look like? Everyone abandoned him, betrayed him. As he hung on the cross, everyone that mattered left. Does relevance matter? Absolutely. Why? Because Jesus took on flesh. He became like us to relate to us, to reach us. Of course it matters. Absolutely, the incarnation. But is relevance ultimate? Is it the most important thing? Absolutely not. Why? 
Look at Jesus' death. If Jesus chose to be relevant to the people of the world, he would have never taken the cross. He would have never done that for us. But because Jesus hung on the cross, was shamed, humiliated, abandoned by all, was counted as nothing, and he died on the cross for our sins, that's the reason we're accepted. Even if no one thinks we're important, even if we ourselves don't believe that we're important, when we look at the cross, we're reminded that God looks down at us and says, you matter. You matter to me. Look at the cross. Look at what I've done for you. Of course you're accepted. Of course you're fully loved. Look at that. It's unchanged. If we want to reach people, relevance matters. But what matters most is glorifying God. Let's get practical, okay? Two really quick things for us as we think about, okay, so what kind of music should I actually listen to? Uh, is it okay to really want to make money and, and climb the ladder? Is it okay to do some of these things? What, what, can, what can I do? What can't I do? What does that look like for us? And I want to give us two guiding questions to kind of drive us, hopefully in the, in the right direction, move us in the right direction as we think about and wrestle through some of these things. The, the first question I think that is really important for us as we think about relevance, what other people think, connecting, um, what matters is, the first one is worship. Is this thing or this relationship, is it going to help me glorify and enjoy God? Is it going to do that? If so, continue those things. If, if you're reading, if, if you're, you're watching, listening to certain things, and it's helping you, you can trace those things back to God, continue to do it. Enjoy him. Delight in these common graces that God has given. It's for us to delight and be thankful to him. But at the same time, if it's going to stumble other people, if a certain hobby or a certain thing that we consume or watch or get involved with, if that's going to stumble other people, then maybe it's time for us to actually let some of those things go. And also, these things are never permanent. Materials, relationships, a lot of these things aren't permanent. They come and go. And so if it's going to lead us to temptation or idolatry, if it's going to be something that we build and attach our identity to, then maybe it's something that we also need to really watch out for and be careful with. That's the first guiding question. Is it going to help us glorify God? Is it going to continue to help us enjoy him? Or maybe not. The second question is witness, witness. Is this going to help me reach others? Is it going to help me build a bridge for the gospel? If so, continue to do it. For a lot of us, I think God, God calls us to certain social circles, and I think oftentimes it begins with maybe our families. Maybe we're thinking about our kids if we have kids, our parents, our cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents that are getting older. Oftentimes it starts there. And as you think about the people that God has sent you to, to be an ambassador to, a, a witness of, who are those people? What, what do they think about? What, what do they care about? Maybe for us to build bridges for them to know the gospel, we're going to need to enter their world, just like Jesus entered into our world. And so maybe it takes conversation, a lot of listening, trying to understand what do they care about? What do they value? 
getting into some of those things so we can build gospel bridges to them, for them. And hopefully those are two helpful guiding questions. And, and let me just end by saying this. Uh, it's, it's been a difficult year for a lot of us um, in so many different ways. And in this year, if you feel like you've lost relevance in some way, maybe you lost a job, or maybe you lost a relationship, or maybe you actually lost someone that you really care about or know, if you feel like you're in that boat, like, man, I don't even know if I matter anymore because I don't have this or I can't associate with this anymore. Remember the gospel, remember the cross. Our circumstances, our situations may change, but the cross is unchanged. Look at what Jesus has done for you. Do you see your value? Do you see your worth? That you're fully accepted and fully loved, not by anything you do or will do, but because of what Christ has done for us on our behalf. Take refuge in that. And for others of us, even though this year has been very challenging, some of us actually have been blessed with a lot of things. More intimate relationships, maybe that we've built at home, uh, maybe we have different successes at school, or maybe even at work, we've gotten different uh, maybe promotions or different platforms. If God has given you more this year, maybe something that we can consider is, how can I use this for God? How can I thank him for this? How can I build bridges with the people that this has given me access to so I can share the gospel with them as well? If we wanna reach people, relevance matters, but what matters most is glorifying God.